You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Well, there's times, you know, when we're doing Sexy Marriage Radio, and I'm joined on Mondays with my wife, as always, Pam. Hey, everybody. And... When we try to record our shows, especially in the summertime, you know, after we've been doing a bunch of travel and uh, a lot of different things going on with kids no longer in school for the time being um, and just the juggling of, of work and life and occasional times the sun and the moon and the stars all align and our kids get invited to a sleepover at a neighbor's house and we all of a sudden, unbeknownst to ourselves, we find we have a, an evening open so what do we do we jump on a microphone and we record record some shows because this is date night folks (laughs) well this is sexy marriage radio and part (laughs) of the alan date night apparently where we're trying to have straightforward honest conversations about married life and sex and share our life with yours because you share it with us and the way the sexy marriage nation shares their life with us is they call 214-702-9565 they also send us emails, feedback at sexymergeradio.com. And even some of them jump on iTunes and leave reviews and comments and help us climb the charts. Or if Google Play has that option, or Stitcher has that option, or Spotify has options for reviews, whatever uh, avenue you use to listen as part of the Sexy Marriage Nation. And if you like it, please help spread the word. Yeah, leave us a review. It's great. That, we- helps, that helps get other people on board with the nation. Because we really want to try to uh, use our date nights well, <laughs> so that you can use your date nights well. Don't get us wrong; we're going to a movie. Absolutely, after this. <laughs> we are. But <laughs> but what one of the things that that kind of, that comes up from the Sexy Merge Nation is uh, the the input and the questions we get. And here's one that I haven't even prepped my wife for this voicemail. All right. To get your input about something I heard on a different radio show, I was listening to a Christian radio talk show, and a woman called in who was 17 years old, who said that she had just bought a vibrator and she wasn't sure if she should use it or send it back. As a Christian, she was unsure of whether that was proper and wanted to get input of a Christian woman. Well, there was a man and a woman on the radio show, and they basically counseled her to send it back because uh, when she gets married in the future, she may have sexual uh, problems if she gets used to using uh, just a vibrator all the time, and um, counseled her that it wasn't a good idea. And there was really in my opinion, no Christian basis of her to send it back, but they felt that she would develop, you know, problems once she got married and found a husband. But at 17, that could be 10 years away. So I was just wondering uh, where you guys stand with that advice. I totally disagree. Uh, I wonder if she would have asked about masturbation, if they would have told her not to do that. Um, but they basically just counseled her to return the vibrator and wait till she gets married. Uh, curious to hear your input on that and whether you would have given her the same advice. Thank you. Bye-bye. There you go. 
Okay, and you're you're delaying. You're looking at me because you want me to answer I'm, I'm, this. I'm one. curious your thought first. Okay, so I'm immediately thinking leave out the 17 year old part. Okay. Okay, because maybe that alters maybe how how would how I would respond to this one from. I'm just thinking of my daughter who's 13 right now, right? Um, but that aside, you know. Vibrators are, that's a product we sell at the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we have some of this product at the getaway when they were there. So if that tells you anything about... It's a resource. Um, it's an enhancement. It's an it's, enhancement. It, it serves a purpose. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there's there's things like that that allow um, a, a woman to really figure out what makes her tick and mm-hmm. where things are. And, and, that, and that can be helpful for the man and the woman when they're having intercourse together as well. Because there's some of those toys that are actually for both of you um as as intercourse or as foreplay and things are going on so we're i don't think that that's going to be something we advocate that you send it send it back but they're saying send it back uh you're going to be married one day and it could affect your sexual relationship with your spouse what would have happened had it been an older single woman you know someone in her 20s and she's single or someone in her 40s and is already single and, and she's Hey, what do you think? I don't know what their response would be because I don't know what show this caller is referring to. But uh, the thing that I think of, and this is a question I've been asked, and we got asked this at the getaway at the Q&A that we do as one of the sessions, was can you get addicted to sex toys? Uh, you know, and right. no, that's all the research I found. You can't. That the toy isn't the addiction it's it's the chemical release of orgasm that can become addictive and the struggle if you just if it outweighs everything and you go to great lengths to continue to have it over and over and over i understand where the the concept was eh, it's gonna it could call, pro, cause problems later in life when, when you're married because no man's penis can vibrate and hit a clitoris like the appendages of a, of a vibrator can. The same way that a hand can't have the same forces of a vagina. Exactly. When you're talking about just masturbation. Right. So it is one of those things that I, I believe, hey, you know what? It, it, each circumstance requires its own circumstance. There's not a, a blanket answer right. for if everything. I, if I'm a parent talking to my 17-year-old daughter and I found a vibrator in her room, uh, I can't say exactly what I would say to my daughter at right. this point. I'm right. not really sure, you know, where is that? I, w- I want my kids to be in tune with their sexuality. I'm not sure that I would really want my daughter to have a vibrator, but that's just me. I don't really have any basis. It's not something I've thought about. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, but it, prior. <laughs> it, it just it, it brings up kind of the way we're, we're going into the topics today. I mean, it, the show... It's going to be a variety of, of topics to a degree okay. that are some of the things we ventured into at times when we're talking about some of the pornography and the fantasy and some of that stuff that is right there in the same quadrant, if you will, as the questions of a vibrator, a toy, masturbation, and then erotic fantasy literature. Yeah, because we've had where we're some heading. emails about that, re- yep. a number of them recently. But I thought, I thought this would be an interesting way to kind of segue into the, the conversation with you, Pam, on, okay, what kind of counsel would you give? And I, I like that idea because I don't think we would be against it in the sense of, no, 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 send that thing back. Mm-mm. Because the flip side of while a toy can do things, um, a, a human appendage can't. 
a toy can't tell you it loves you and hug you and walk alongside you the rest of your life like a person can do. It, it, it cannot replace a person. Right. Because sex, if you think about it, it's we're talking about a small par- a portion of our life and our bodies. We have a whole lot more of a relationship that is marriage and as lovers and as friends and as playmates and managers of a household and all the different things you create. So it's to, to me, the idea is keep it in context and, and keep it in perspective of what's the purpose, what's the meaning of it. And as long as it's one of those, hey, uh, this is this is what it's doing now. It's allowing me to explore me. Okay, go. What's the problem? But just don't do it in secret in the sense of have somebody like you. She's obviously calling. I'm curious about this. I feel I feel kind of wrong about this. So there's obviously something in the girl that initiated the call. Sure. Wondering, is this okay? Because biblically speaking, there's nothing in there that says, thou shalt not have toys. It, well, it, they it, didn't have electricity either. So, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, segueing into <laughs> an, another email that came, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Um, this is from a woman that says, hi, I'm the low desire married woman in my early 30s, and I've been unable to orgasm and have struggled with arousal. I'm seeing a, sexual, uh, a secular sex therapist, which has been helpful to increase my awareness and comfort in my own sexuality and confidence with my husband. My therapist has recommended masturbation as a way to learn about my own body and what I like. This has been a helpful tool, and I'm able to bring what I learn on my own into my sexual experience with my husband, which is a very common experience Yeah, that I've come across, and even people in the academy have, have confirmed that, and then clients I've worked with have confirmed that. Mm-hmm. My therapist also encouraged me to explore fantasy using media, in parentheses, pornography and erotic literature as a catalyst. I'm not comfortable with using porn, and I'm not sure how I feel about reading erotica. As someone who doesn't naturally have fantasies, I'm not sure whether it would be helpful or harmful to introduce that into my sexual experience. Can you discuss some tactics you recommend for someone in my situation in a biblical perspective on fantasy slash erotica? So this is an interesting conversation because... I don't want to lump this into the world of fantasy. Okay, why not? Because if you go through the archives of Sexy Marriage Radio, particularly when Shannon Shannon was a co-host, that yeah. was one of her wheelhouse topics. Absolutely. Was, was the idea and the power of fantasy as a way for the brain to help heal itself. Mm-hmm. What we have not touched on much is what else does fantasy do in the sense of, you, you and I have touched on this on some occasions where the fantasy of when you're with your spouse and you're needing something to boost your arousal or your engagement in a situation with them sexually, <clears throat> remembering what you have done together, that's a fantasy. You're remembering back yeah. to things. So that's that takes the lens of a fantasy and a memory that can be something that will spark the pituitary gland to get the chemicals flowing to bring about arousal. But when you're talking, that, that's different than erotic literature. Sure. And okay, so let's let's talk about this cuz the the therapist is saying erotica. Yep. And so there's some some differences here, right? Yes. So we have the old harlequins that yes. are romance novels. I was on the cover of all of those. Yeah, that was, that was you. That was you. It was him, ladies. <laughs> um so there's romance novels, there's erotica, and then there's kind of this middle ground of romantica. Okay, All right. that's a good descriptor. So romance, uh, and and the way that 
I'm going to describe it here a little bit is that erotica is meant more for titillation. Yep. Okay. There is less story development. Yep. There's. It's quicker to the act. Kind of like every other paragraph is sex. And it's not necessarily built. There's there's not a heartfelt love. It's just attraction, and it's it's about this. It's about the, the sex act. It's the not dialogue is is set to gauge and engage you to get into the sex act. That was it. Right. Kind of like it. porn. That's it. That's okay. it. So you got the romance novels that are more story development and romanticas, kind of in the middle. Okay. That's that's trying to have a little more story development but still hot sex scenes. Okay. Right? Yeah. And and maybe maybe you like the characters a little more. You feel a little bit more okay. loved. That's the intent behind and it. And then I think there's the varying within those of how graphic yeah. is the writing and the description and the acts that are being described and portrayed. And that gets into the, ver- the deeper level of the hardcore or the softer or all across the board. Sure. So... The interesting thing is, is that is a way for sure by secular, secular therapists, because I've got several that I have known and come across that they are quick to use those as resources, Yeah, erotic literature and even pornography. And we've always taken the stance as Sexy Marriage Radio and as the hosts that if it's something both of you are on board with, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to say don't stay away forever, you know. I'll talk about there's there's pitfalls and there's struggles that can happen when you turn to pornography too often or literature like that too often. But if you're doing it together, okay. It, it doesn't line up with Pam and I's value of the way we want to do life. No, I think it's a slippery slope. But we're not going to be ones that say don't do it to an audience in the Sexy Marriage Nation just because just don't do it in, in secret outside of your spouse. That's the biggest roadblock to me. So... The other thing is, how do you navigate the world of what turns you on? Certainly. Right? Yes. (laughs) Because there's a difference between I'm reading a story that got me going, not knowing it was erotica or a literature that had a scene. Because if you think about it, there's some of the... um, John Grisham's? No, it's not a John Grisham. But no. there's some of the different show, you know, authors that do a lot of fiction that all of a sudden it's like, whoa, that was a pretty graphic sex scene. Yeah. That yeah, just yeah, came yeah. in there. And that wasn't the intent of the book. It was just woven in. Like sometimes you'd watch a movie that's like, whoa. Yeah, they had a gratuitous sex they scene had in the movie. They had sex in there that yeah. either fit the story or it didn't. And this is where I start getting into the idea of, okay, what am I seeking? No, and, and what do I know I'm seeking? Because to me, there's a difference. Tell me if I'm off base okay. as you're as you're staring at me. Yeah, with this. yeah, I'm seeing where you're going. That um, if I go watch a movie and all of a sudden there's a scene in there, it's like, wow, that was very arousing. Mm-hmm. But it was Mission Impossible, like we're getting ready to go see, and I didn't know that was going to be in there. And that's not the point of the movie, but it still kind of got the juices going. Mm-hmm. I don't see that as the same thing as I go see Basic Instinct when I know what that movie is about because of the way it was portrayed. And I know it's got graphic stuff in there. And that's the reason I'm going to it. Well, that's just like anything else. What's the intent behind what right. you're doing? Um, and and does your spouse know your intent behind it right. when you're going for it? Right. Uh, so certainly there's things that um, pop up and surprise us. Right. And 
is what it is. And we know next time, hey, if we're looking for something, I can right. go watch that random movie again. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but I want to at least say, because I know there's some people in Sexy Merge Nation that would be, yeah, but if I had something that was outside of my spouse that got me going, that's, pro- that's a problem. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. Because there's things that arouse us in life. There are it, things that arouse us in life that we didn't even intend. We had no idea we were coming across right. it. I think that goes back to conversations that we've had about, are your eyes lingering on that? Right. Do I keep going back and to whatever that was? And what do you do was? with it? That's, yeah, that's what, what matters to me. What do you me. do with it? But to go back to what she's she's looking for, how does she's wanting to know, you know, discuss the tactics to that you'd recommend for someone from a biblical perspective. Right. So... It seems like she's struggling with pornography and erotica doesn't sound like line up with what her moral structure is. Yes. And so a solution for her, it sounds like she's looking for something that, that would, that would get her more in line with her sexuality. Like she's looking at with the therapist, but not potentially down the slippery slope that it seems to be for her there. Right. And one of the things I think of, I may be off track on, on where you want to go. I always come back to, cause I love this thing, the private affair game Yeah, that, that we have. And one of the things that has helped my mind get into the fantasy world is that there's a bunch of cards in that private affair game that have a, sh- a small vignette yep. and they say, okay, you have... Here's three components. Here's three components. It's an open window, an unbuttoned shirt, and a telephone booth. And, or Am I supposed some to sort, make this up on the air? Something random, or? Oh, right? Wait, no, this no is, okay. you don't. <laughs> and you've got to make... And you're there with your spouse, and you've got to make up some sort of romantic, seductive mm-hmm. vignette. Involving so the two of you. Involving the two of you. That's the difference. It That's always a huge involves difference. the two of you. Right. And so when we first started using that game, I was like, I can't make up these stories. This is ridiculous. I'm rushing to get dressed. The phone's ringing. <laughs> right. I jump in the phone booth to answer it, and I see you up in the window. Right. It's someone wanting a tax return done. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just like, you know, I didn't like playing dolls when I was a kid because I didn't like make-believe. But getting your mind into something like that, that has been a fun transformation. Right. I know for me, having that little guide right. to have our own little fantasy world that's a vignette between the two of us. Absolutely. And you could even do that via text with your spouse uh, throughout the day of just, hey, been thinking about you and I would love to create this little you know fantasy event and here's some char- here's some characteristics of it go and then you kind of go back and forth and that typically can be something that does get you charged and dabbling into the fantasy world yeah that it's a good yeah it's a dabbling in it is kind of it, it is really a start to it and it's not necessarily what we're talking about is really a couple doing that together. Right. And what she's trying to do is figure out her own sexuality. I think the therapist is trying to get her to do it without the spouse at this point. I don't know. It may be wrong well, on that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's something that would be, I'm curious to know exactly what the the goal is with, with the therapist. Uh, but using something as a catalyst, because what, what she's, I mean, I'm, I'm still of the belief that 
whether a person has a fantasy life or not, okay. I'm not that if if I have a client or a, a wife that's like I don't have much of a fantasy life if at all. My response would be, okay. What else you got? Because that's there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. To I me, sure think a fantasy life helps, though. I, I really do. I agree with that. And I think that's something that comes along as we start to gain more confidence and more comfort in, in the state of ourselves and our own sexuality. And we start to uh, uncover and remove some of the shame and stifling that we've been raised in. Because if you've been raised in a biblical perspective, there's I've yet to ever hear and, and see on the marquee of any major church, Sunday series, we begin on sexual fantasy. You know, I'm going there. I, I would, I would turn the car around to go to that service. But, but it's one of those. It's to me, what matters is, are you responsive to things? Are are you capable of engaging in those things? Fantasy helps in, increase the speed of it. But if you're already still able to be responsive and more aware based on what she's describing, she is. Yeah. Um, I think you can go into the world of fantasy and you can even go into the world of romantic literature and maybe even erotica. Just don't do it without your husband knowing. Just kind of tell him. Because it could be he's going, yeah, I don't know, because I've had clients that that's the reason they've come to see me is their wife goes to fantasy novels far too frequently, and it really is a threat to themselves. They yeah. don't like it. They see it as the same thing as if he was using porn, and she's like, I'd prefer you not. Yeah, I, I, I see it the same way too. Right, and so to me, the, the as far as a biblical perspective, what comes to my mind is there's still that element of, am I steering all parts of me towards things that are holy and healthy? That's, I think that's what we're called to be mm-hmm. as, as Christian members of the kingdom. Am I taking thoughts captive? And to me, that's where the beauty of marriage comes into play, that when I have something that's triggered, I have a way to take it captive by steering it towards my mate. Yeah. I don't have to just squash it because there's something wrong with that thought. No, not necessarily. So I think of tactics that for someone in this situation would be, how can you maybe bring this about in your relationship with your husband more overtly by having some of these fantasy conversations, some little role play conversations, which is the same kind of context. You're just not necessarily acting it out. It's just the conversation as if you were going to act it out. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's venturing into the world of fantasy. That's venturing into the world of erotica. Okay. And so I don't, I think that that's something that can be incredibly beneficial, just like your confirmation and your experience has been that, that it, that has been a shift in your journey. Certainly it has. Yeah. And, and that brings about more confidence, more comfort and, and more enhancement of things because the only thing I've got is, is just kind of, we wrap this thing up is when you get into the world, cause there's even, um, I cannot remember. Um, there, there used to be a website that was uh, couples that would share stories, and and they would get fairly graphic, from what I understood. I, I had the, whoever it was that was running it reached out to me a couple of times, and I just never went to go seek it. And it's they were sharing stories of themselves, so they were almost turning into voyeuristic. 
Oh, interesting. Right? Or exhibitionist. Okay, okay. exhibitionist, and, yeah. And that's that concept of, yeah, but now I'm bringing other people into my relationship. And, yeah. And that's the struggle I've got, that, that fantasy and erotica can, can create some things to get a spark going, but there's also that element of how long does that spark and whatever it was that created it hang around through your encounter of life. You know, if I have to have somebody that I'm thinking of to get going and then when I'm steering it towards you, that person's still there. It gets kind of crowded in my head. You know, it gets, it gets, and I'm not, and I'm not engaged then in the, in the experience. Yeah. That's why it seems that it would be, and you can see how, how, um, a spouse would not like it if, when they know their spouse is, is maybe looking at porn or looking at, or reading erotica because we have no control over what's in the spouse's mind. And so you just think, are they thinking of this other person? Are they thinking right. of something else? Right. So anytime that it raises that doubt or that potential for mistrust, then it's something that's just driving a wedge between right. the two of you. That and starts a, to put a damper on the situation and the connection with each yeah. other rather than you being really present and mindful throughout the encounter with each yeah. other. Yeah. You just, again, you got to live from and the, and what again, your moral this structure is, and what your beliefs are. I, I, I have to go ahead and say this just because this is... Don't don't think of this if you're if you're listening as part of sexy imagination. This is not professional counsel that you're as if you're working with me. Take this to the bank. This is just our thoughts as leading this show, <laughs> right? So well, sure, counsel. You're looking. You're you, talking to people and finding out more that's details. Steering and stirring something up in you, and you want more. Then reach out to me and let's talk about your situation, and then we can be more specific. Yeah, that's a good things. point. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. And so to the Sexy Marriage Nation, I have to say thanks for giving us a call and letting us know what's going on in your world and emailing us and letting us know. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your day to spend it with us. And we hope to see you again next time.